And I don't know, it's like putting WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio Mainframe Computer here to introduce the film tonight. Tonight's film stars Arnold Scorch. Arnold His name does not compute. It does not matter. It is the Terminator right now on the late night fright. Death to carbon based life forms. Death to carbon based life forms. Cue the music. <laughs> Welcome to the Late Night Fright, right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan, and with me, as always, is my very robotic cyborg killing machine co-host, Faith. Say hi, Faith. Hi, Faith. Are you feeling like a cyborg robotic killing machine? Every day. You have that look in your (laughs) robotic red eye. (laughs) <laughs> right there. Well, we are glad that you are, have chosen to join us here on our little program. We hope that you're happy, healthy, and safe wherever you are. And if you're here in the United States, we hope that you have come out of the turkey coma that uh, you may have found yourself in after Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving uh, was last Thursday. Faith, how'd you fare with Thanksgiving? Pretty good for the most part. I started off slow and then overdid it at the end. <laughs> Don't we all, though? I, I overdid it right from the beginning and just kept on. You just kept on. <laughs> kept on. <laughs> Second pie to the right and straight on till morning. <laughs> well, again, thank you for joining us. Sci-Fi Fantasy Villain Month continues here on the program. This is our last week. This is a month that started off with the film Highlander in tribute to the late, great Sean Connery. Clancy Brown played the Kurgan in that film. Clancy Brown was pretty good in that movie wasn't he He was yeah i would say that clancy brown was pretty vile in that film he was we continued on with star trek II: the wrath of khan which featured a wonderful performance from ricardo montalban as khan nuni and sing uh ricardo montalban's birthday was just the other day and he would have been 100 that's awesome isn't that awesome yeah played khan nuni and sing in that film we we both really liked that oh, movie yeah. a lot we liked him in it mm-hmm. not as vile as the Kurgan, but well, pretty damn evil. I would say so. <laughs> Wrathful, one might say. That's a good word. Yeah. We continued on with 1980s The Empire Strikes Back, performance uh, that features David Prowse and James Earl Jones as Darth Vader, the Dark Lord of the Sith. Another great film, another great villain, and I'm seeing a theme here. All the films that we did this month are from the 80s. Mm-hmm wonder if that was the, the, the mean, decade of the, of the, the villains. villains. <laughs> May have been. We have a movie tonight that came out October 26th, 1984. This is from writer-director James Cameron. James Cameron, who you might remember from such films as Piranha 2, The Spawning. You've, you've heard of that one, haven't you? Maybe, sure. <laughs> that movie might have a little something to do with the film we're talking about tonight. Uh, that is not the film we're talking about tonight. <laughs> this film that we are talking about tonight made Arnold Schwarzenegger, I'm not going to say it made him a movie star. It really solidified him as 
a movie star. Mm-hmm. This has a wonderful cast. It's got a wonderful story. It has one of the greatest villains of all time in it. How do we know he's a great villain? Well, he made the AFI top top 50 yeah, that's got to say something right there. List. There you go. <laughs> Faith, what movie are we talking about tonight? The Terminator. The Terminator from 1984. Like all of the other films that we've done this month and not planned, uh, a multimedia franchise encompassing film, television, comic books, video games, uh, anything else I'm, I'm forgetting here. Um, I don't know. Television shows, as, as, as I said, uh, really runs the gamut of uh, of. Pop culture, multimedia, mm-hmm. you know, it's all there. Uh, this movie really established James Cameron as a force to be reckoned with in the cinematic world. He is responsible for some really, really wonderful films. Check check out this, this okay. filmography. we got The Terminator. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget Piranha 2, The Spawning. <laughs> We've got Aliens, mm-hmm. The Abyss. We've got True Lies, mm-hmm. Titanic, <laughs> Terminator 2. Avatar. I think that's about it. <laughs> it's a pretty good list. I think it's about it. It's, it's, it's not bad. James Cameron, we're going to talk a little bit about him tonight and some of his aesthetic. Uh, James Cameron was a truck driver. He directly cites George Lucas as an influence in that he saw Star Wars and said, and, I, and I'm quoting pretty close here, this guy made Star Wars. I better get off my ass <laughs> and start getting to it. James Cameron got involved with Roger Corman's New World Pictures. Uh, he worked on a film called Galaxy of Terror. Galaxy of Terror is a small sci-fi horror flick stars Desi Arnaz Jr. That's right. The son of Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz. Nice. Joni Aaron Moran from Happy Days. And an actor that we've talked about a few times here on the show, Robert England, mm-hmm. is in that show. Well, I watched that film a few weeks ago. And I noticed as I was watching it that the production design in that was absolutely beautiful and and way better than the budget of the film mm-hmm. would normally you right. know uh, uh, cover. Mm-hmm. Turns out James Cameron did the production design <laughs> and the special effects for that film. He got noticed on that film, and the producers, uh, some money people, said, "Hey, we're doing this sequel to Piranha. Piranha is a Joe Dante film. Joe Dante, the brain behind Gremlins and Matinee." And they said, uh, we're doing a sequel to that. Would you like to direct it? So he went off and directed Piranha 2, The Spawning. It was during Piranha 2, The Spawning. He got sick. He had a fever dream. He dreamt of a metal man killing people. That became the Terminator. (laughs) That's That's how it happened. (laughs) That's crazy. That's, That's how it happened. We are going to get into this film. We're going to give you a little bit of trivia, a little bit of our thoughts on it. We have no idea what's going to gonna happen tonight. Not a clue. I mean, um, the Terminator might walk in. You never know. He might join us tonight. He might. He might. You never, you never know. know on this show. You really <laughs> don't. <laughs> Faye, do we have a full pot of coffee? We do. Do we have Arnold Schwarzenegger? We do. Do we have Linda Hamilton? We do. Do we have that truck driver, Jim Cameron? I think we do. Do we have the Titanic? No. He seems to carry that with him wherever he goes. <laughs> what time is it, Faye? It is time for the late night fright. We will see you on the other side. Cue the music. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Lift off. Get away from that fever. You'll blow us all to atoms. Listen to them. Children of the night. What music they make. 
Welcome to prime time, bitch! <laughs> Get away from her, you bitch! I find your lack of faith disturbing. The power of Christ compels you! The power of Christ compels you! Whoa, hello! Okay. This is God. It was pure evil. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. Have a potato. Don't have a teeth, bitch. Come. Ooh, this, bitch. Come to Freddy. Ba-ba-ba-ba-boo-ba. Welcome back to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan. And I am Faith. Let's get into it, Faith. Terminator 1984, as I said. James Cameron had a fever dream on the set of Piranha 2 The Spawning. This movie does indeed feel like a fever dream, doesn't it? Yes. (laughs) All right. We have a wonderful cast here. Uh, Michael Bean plays Kyle Reese. Linda Hamilton, one one of the great ladies of science fiction. She plays Sarah Connor. Paul Winfield. We have done two Paul Winfield movies this month during Sci-Fi Fantasy Villain Month. He was also in Star Trek too. He plays Ed Traxler. He's a police lieutenant in this film. Lance Henriksen, we're going to get to him in a second, plays Vukovic. Earl Bowen plays Dr. Silberman. Earl Bowen appeared in three Terminator films. Bess Mata plays Ginger. She is Sarah's roommate. And Rick Rosovich, you may remember him from Top Gun as Slider. He plays Matt, Ginger's boyfriend. And uh, there's also some guy named Arnold Schwarzenegger in this movie. Mm, Never heard of him. There you go. (laughs) Long story short, uh, Cameron got the idea for this film. He wrote it. His original idea behind the Terminator was that he was a guy uh, that you would see walk in the streets. Uh, You wouldn't ever expect this guy to be Mm -hmm. this this cyborg killing machine. An actor that he he wanted and that was cast in the beginning was Lance Henriksen, who play, who appears here as Vukovic. And Lance hmm. Henriksen would then go on to play Bishop in the Aliens for uh, James Cameron. That was the idea, though. He was going to be a, a regular, everyday guy, right? Mm-hmm. So he did up some artwork with him, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, with his face and then that kind of metal side, you know, like you see with Arnold mm-hmm. all the time. Okay. Fun trivia. Do you know who the producers really wanted to cast as the Terminator? I don't know. Faith didn't look up trivia for no, this. I this is not. so much fun. Are you ready for this? I think I am. O.J. Simpson. Really? But James Cameron said, I think people are going to have a problem picturing him as a killer. <laughs> little, They were a little ahead of the curve on that. Wow. O.J. killed those people, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> we don't want to get in trouble with the, the lawyers. Allegedly. Wow. Oh. That's crazy. Let you all make up your own minds about that. <laughs> but uh, we're still waiting to find the real killers, though. <laughs> but uh, oh, no one, no one will, no one will take him seriously as a killer. So uh, they got the script to Arnold Schwarzenegger. They wanted Arnold Schwarzenegger to look at the role of Kyle Reese, played by Michael Biehn. Arnold read it, wasn't too impressed with it. Really wasn't impressed with the whole thing, but he loved the idea of the killing machine, and so. James Cameron got together with Arnold Schwarzenegger. They had a lunch. James Cameron didn't want Arnold Schwarzenegger to be in this movie. Just 
there are preconceptions with Arnold. And I think James Cameron had those preconceptions. Arnold was really well known at this time for Conan the Barbarian. And that was about the extent of it. He was well known for his bodybuilding days and for Conan. Okay. And he didn't want Arnold anywhere near this picture. So they got together to have lunch to talk about it. He thought, well, I'll, I'll meet him. I'll insult him <laughs> and run away. Right. That way, you know, he won't you know, be interested. He won't be interested. Yeah. Schwarzenegger, uh, went really just as a courtesy and showed up and didn't talk about Kyle Reese, talked about the Terminator and talked about how the machine should move and all this stuff. And James Cameron's looking at him (laughs) and he's going, this would be really interesting if he was the machine, you know, Uh and started drawing because Cameron's a wonderful artist, started drawing pictures of him done up. Like we said with the Lance Mm -hmm. Henriksen, well, now he's doing Arnold's face and asked him to be still so he could sketch him and put the face. And he goes, this would be really interesting. Now, let's go back a few years to Conan the Barbarian. John Milius famously said during the making of that film that if we didn't have Arnold, we'd have to build him. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> so here we go. Arnold signed on to play the Terminator. He uh, was on the set of Conan the Destroyer, the sequel to Conan the Barbarian. And he was quoted in an interview, a quote that he stands by. Uh, they had some wardrobe pieces that they had sent over to him and whoever was interviewing him saw him and said, what is that for? He said, well, that's for some shit movie I'm about to go do. He didn't think much of this, mm-hmm. thought it was a neat opportunity, didn't think the movie would do well. And even if it didn't do well, he wasn't the big draw in it. So right. it wouldn't hurt his film career in the long run. Interesting roll of the dice kind of thing. Right. He also at this point says he hadn't figured Jim Cameron out and then when he got to work with him, he went, oh, this guy's the real deal. And then he went all in on nice. it. So that's that's how this happened. That is he, very he was not the original choice, and they really didn't want him to be in it. We're gonna get into Arnold's performance in this movie. I think it <laughs> I think this might be the best performance of his career. I, think so. I really mean that. So let's get into it. 1984's The Terminator. Um, long story short, uh, a warrior from the future gets sent back. To protect Sarah Connor, played by Linda Hamilton. Michael Bean plays Kyle Reese. He gets sent back in time to protect her from the Terminator, played by Schwarzenegger, who is there to kill her because she's going to give birth to John Connor, who's going to lead the resistance against the machines. The machines that rose out of the ashes of the nuclear war like a phoenix enslaved humanity. The final battle will not be fought in the future. It will be fought tonight in our time. 1984 which was 36 years ago as of the recording (laughs) of this show. So there you go. That's the uh, long and short of it. I'm sure all of you out there have seen Terminator. I hope so. But uh, let's, let's, let's do it. Faith. What did you think of uh, the Terminator from James Cameron from 1984? I really love this movie. And I think it's a really good blend of sci-fi and horror. And I really think this movie is really horrific. I hadn't watched it in a long time and watching it back. It's, it really is horrific. You agree? I completely agree. I mean, there is uh, there is a Michael Myers element to this. And thank he, you. I was going to bring that up. I noticed that too. <laughs> James Cameron was heavily influenced by John Carpenter's uh, 78 masterpiece Halloween. He said that he was influenced by it. Uh, forget, let's forget talking about the movie. You open the door. Let's talk about the main character here because really this movie works because mm-hmm. of the character of the Terminator played by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger, he's a legend. Oh, yeah. He's a legend. I don't think he needs any introduction. 
I believe comedian Bill Burr said it best that to do what Arnold has done in his lifetime would require most mortal men (laughs) five lifetimes to do coming over here, not speaking the language, Mm -hmm. becoming a champion bodybuilder. Oh, wait, I'm not done. I I am. uh, Now I'm going to be an actor, even though I'm wrestling with the English language. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, okay, well, I'm not. I'm going to marry a Kennedy. And now I'm going to go into politics. And I'm going to be the biggest movie star of all time and the governor of a state I can't even pronounce the name of. Okay. That's this guy's life trajectory. And it it wears me out just thinking about it, you know. I know. Uh, But here he is uh, playing the Terminator, which is interesting. This role made it on the top 50 villains of all time. He's known for playing heroes, though. He's known for playing heroes. Conan the Barbarian, uh, John Matrix in Commando, Dutch Schaefer in one of our favorites, Predator. Uh, Terminator 2, he plays the hero. He's known for playing the hero. He's known for being a uh, 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 like a cartoon human being, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, funny enough, we're ending with Arnold Schwarzenegger. We started with Sean Connery, and, and you can draw a straight line from Connery. I said this in the Highlander show. From Connery to Schwarzenegger with the one-liners. He's, he's the king of the, yep. the puns, the one-liners. Taking that thing Connery was doing as Bond, he took it to the next level. He's not doing that too much here. He's playing the villain here. Not only is he playing the villain, he's it's like a slasher film. He's it playing really the slasher is. in this. All right. So the character of Terminator, what do you think of the Terminator? Because you hit it. You said this is a horrific movie. He's He's the horror in this movie. What is it about him? You know, I kept thinking to myself, we always ask when we talk about villains if they have any redeeming qualities. He has none whatsoever. He is that evil to me. I mean, he really is like Michael Myers, his stalkerish ways. I mean, he's just out to kill. And there's a remorseless side to him because that's how he's programmed. Right. He does not feel one way or the other about it. And it's amazing because we've said this about Michael Myers. We said it about Darth Vader. There's a blankness to them. Mm -hmm. Obviously, they're wearing masks. Right. You can put, you can attribute any fear, any idea to that mask, Mm -hmm. right? You could see anything you want to on that mask. Schwarzenegger's not wearing a mask. Nope. (laughs) The Terminator is wearing a mask and it looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger's face. Right. What he does in this movie, I'm always completely floored by the acting job he does in this movie. I know. And he does it with his whole body. Body. Mm -hmm. And he does it specifically with his eyes. The dude moves like a shark in this. His eyes. Were you noticing his eyes? He would move his eyes until like to the side until he couldn't move them anymore. And then he would turn his head. Everything is stone cold efficiency, which a machine would would do exactly so what do you think about the machine aspect of the schwarzenegger performance here when you see him and I, and it's hard because this is such a pop culture thing now mm-hmm. when you see him do you do you go oh this, this is a machine well i mean not necessarily but then you're like okay yeah it is you know does that make, does that make sense it makes sense yeah it makes sense do you feel like he pulls off the machine side of i, I do yeah of this i yeah. mean there's no emotion you know there's there's one goal and i feel like that's very it's like he's programmed for this one thing and you 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 feel that what i love about this performance and what i love about the casting of schwarzenegger in this and let me say this i think lance henriksen would have been absolutely wonderful as a terminator he Mm -hmm. would use that idea in terminator 2 with robert patrick playing the kind of more everyday looking guy right you know um 
everything that people say uh, derogatory about Arnold Schwarzenegger, the actor, it all works in his favor here. Mm -hmm. The size works in his favor because that's what a machine would build. Right. They'd build this, this Mm -hmm. perfect human. They would build perfection, right? Exactly. So here's this perfect human specimen, right? Arnold Schwarzenegger. I love the voice, though, because he doesn't, they don't change his voice. He uses his Mm -hmm. natural voice. And in a way, it's like the machines couldn't quite get a human voice down, you know? Right. There's like a synthetic quality to Arnold's natural voice in this movie. And I think everything that people say, oh, he can't act and all he's robotic, he's, you know. Well, here you go. Here you go. Here you go. That dude's acting. This dude, I think it's one of the, I think it might be the best performance of his career next to Terminator 2. And the only reason I give Terminator 2 the nod is because he's actually showing emotion in that without showing emotion because Mm -hmm. he's the hero dad in that. Mm -hmm. This is scary stuff. This is is. scary stuff. And did you catch, there's a, I, I, I saw it. I don't know if it was intentional. I actually couldn't find anything on it. When he jumps, there's a scene where he jumps onto the uh, car when Reese and mm-hmm. Sarah finally uh, hook up, mm-hmm. as it is. And they're in a car, and the Terminator jumps through fire, and his hair mm-hmm. gets burned. Did you notice it kind of sort of favored Karloff as the monster in Bride of Frankenstein when his, when the top of his head got burned at the beginning? I didn't notice. But and I was like, <laughs> that cool. is so on the nose. That that can't be a um, a mistake that mm-hmm. they did that. And I went, the spirit of Boris Karloff is very much alive here because he does undergo like makeup transformations throughout the movie, obviously, yeah. you know, as the skin gets, yeah. gets uh, messed up a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, I love his performance here. I, do I love too. his performance. What's amazing about this movie is he's so fun to watch. He's so magnetic. You want to watch Schwarzenegger when he's on screen. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to carry this movie because while it's it's terrifying when he's on screen and you're waiting for him mm-hmm. and it's kind of like the con thing from Wrath of Khan where yeah, you might not see him but they're talking s- they're talking s- about yeah, him yeah you still feel him uh the rest of the cast is is equally as good i mm-hmm. think because oh yeah arnold doesn't carry this movie he's right. he is the star quotes of the movie it's the breakout performance obviously mm-hmm. it it is the the one you you look at but it's the showy performance, I should say. Uh, but the rest of the cast is very good. I want to go through this cast. Michael Bean as Kyle Reese. I think this guy is criminally underrated. Uh, he appeared in Aliens as well for uh, for James Cameron. Uh, he was also in uh, Robert Rodriguez's uh, Planet Terror and uh, recently appeared on an episode of The Mandalorian playing a villain, I understand. I haven't seen it yet. Michael Bean, I think, is, is a wonderful mirror to Schwarzenegger because if you take the opening scenes in the movie when uh Schwarzenegger comes in through the time travel you know it's all cool mm-hmm. you know he gets up looks he's not hurt you know he goes and he attacks the punks I want to make a point about the punks in just a second um goes and attacks them okay no no pain you know no emotion right. uh Bean comes in Kyle Reese comes in falls mm-hmm. <laughs> hits the pavement pain it's pain so he's very human Mm-hmm. obviously and i love the fact that they're mirrored that way mm-hmm. you know the two warriors right. of the, of the picture i think he's very good i think he's very good playing the guy who kind of sort of has a handle on the situation and the guy who's in love with sarah connor i think right. he i think he does a really wonderful job and you're not waiting for arnold mm-hmm. you know oh, you yeah. don't mind spending time with michael bean i was going to say saying. that i really i really liked him here i feel like 
if if yeah, like I said, if you're not gonna have Arnold on the screen, he's he's somebody good to yeah to hold that spot, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I want to talk about the punks. We have a gentleman <laughs> playing one of the punks. He's 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 late and great. Uh, Bill Paxton. I was really bummed when I heard that Bill Paxton had passed away Me too. because I think Bill Paxton was just one of our national treasures as a mm-hmm. character actor and a, and a movie star. He kind of tread, he, he, he walked that line, right. you know. Bill Paxton also occupies a very unique place in cinema history. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. He's killed by a Terminator. Mm-hmm. He's killed by a Predator. And he's killed by a Xenomorph in Aliens. <laughs> That's hardcore. <laughs> Game over, man. <laughs> Game over. You like Bill Paxton? I do. I love. I, I love. Oh God, I, I love him. Uh, he was really wonderful in the Tom Cruise movie uh, Edge of Tomorrow. I don't know if you ever saw that. I the think one I where did see that one. He dies and comes back. Dies and comes back. He was so good in that. Yeah. Oh, he was wonderful in that film. Apparently, TC wanted him in that. So nice. One of his last movies, I think, too. That was. That was. That was a loss. That was sad. It was. That was sad. Uh, Paul Winfield plays Ed Traxler, the police lieutenant who tries to protect Sarah. Uh, we we talked about Paul Winfield a little bit on the Star Trek II episode. What a wonderful presence that guy had. I and, and I feel like he, uh, uh, one of the things in this movie that gets overlooked is some of the humor. Paul Winfield and Lance Henriksen both have some really nice humorous bits in this movie mm-hmm. and Paul Winfield in particular is very warm in this film what did you think of Paul Winfield I think so too I think he was warm and he was one of those people I didn't want anything bad to happen to him and it's unfortunate it, what it, does happen I to know. him do you think that Traxler believed Reese do you think he was maybe sort of maybe in a way I I, I think he would have I think I think he was I definitely think he was on the fence I don't think yeah. he thought he was Completely, completely nuts. Completely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lance Henriksen, uh, too cool for school in this movie. <laughs> uh, just has some really funny lines. And, and Cameron gave him this role because he took the Terminator away from him. So he gave him a role in the film. And that's yeah. that's a that's a nice gesture, yeah. I think. Uh, Lance Henriksen has gone on to great success in a lot of things. I love Lance Henriksen. He's got that look about yeah. him. And I think he's, he's a wonderful character actor. Uh, the real star, though, of the show is Linda Hamilton as Sarah Connor. And Sarah Connor, the mother of the resistance. <laughs> and she is a 19-year-old in this film. And this movie really is about her in a lot of ways. Right. And it's about uh, her becoming a, a mature woman. Right. And one of the things that uh, sci-fi and horror does so well with these final girls as it is, is, is it's about their maturing into mm-hmm. adulthood. She does it here for sure. And... Right. Uh, what do you think about the character of Sarah Connor and Linda Hamilton's performance in this film? Well, first, I think I think she's incredible uh, as an actress. I think she's another underrated, she really absolute is. gem and one of the real great uh, ladies of sci-fi mm-hmm. because of this film and Terminator 2 especially. Yeah, and even if you know you talk about horror films and Final Girl, she's not one of those whiny ones that you know. You just want off the screen so badly, <laughs> but uh, no, I really feel like she can hold her own and. I enjoy seeing her on the screen. I'd like her character. I like her journey in this I too. Do too. Um, and you get little moments of that journey with uh, she shows herself to be capable. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a good right. field dressing comes to mind when she dresses his wound and then in the end she kills the Terminator. And but you get you get that throughout throughout the the, the piece. And and, right. and I I never feel like she's um, exploited as it is. She's not she is in distress. 
right. but she's not the damsel in distress. She is True. in over her head to the point where she doesn't know what's going on, but she, she does, she is strong. She, she comes around. Right. And, and I feel like, well, I feel like her mix of strong and overly terrified is, is perfect. Cause I mean, I'd, I'd be the same way if <laughs> some robot cyborg yeah. things out to get you, you know? Right. Right. And, and I think, I think that's the great strength of this movie is the story and the story mm-hmm. of this woman who, you know, we're seeing it through her eyes. So we're getting the information through characters mm-hmm. telling her what's going on. And let's face it, she's the one that you, you empathize with the most because she's the most human, because she's right. more one of us than, than these other two are, exactly. obviously. And uh, I, I really do like her performance here quite a bit. I do too. And I think there's some really wonderful bits written around her like when the character her friend at the diner tells her what's it going to matter in a hundred years oh well it is going to matter in a hundred years you know and and that those those little things right i agree So i think she's absolutely wonderful and she would uh she would bring this forward in the terminator 2 in a big way and uh she's great she's she's she really is like you said she she really is underrated she is really wonderful in a movie called mr destiny from 1990 with Jim Belushi, and it's a it's a riff on It's a Wonderful Life. And uh, one of our favorites here on the show, Michael Caine, gives Jim Belushi on his 35th birthday a drink that makes him the uh, things that he wished had happened in his life come true. And right. he's married to Linda Hamilton in the film, and she's wonderful in it. And Renee Russo is also in it. It's a really good comedy. But I, haven't seen I watched this recently, and she's really good in it. She can do everything, comedy and drama in this in this. Mm-hmm sci-fi horror right. and it's and it's all legit and real it's awesome. all legit and real let's talk about the movie we talked about it. it is a sci-fi horror movie mm-hmm. and uh let's talk about the sci-fi elements the we're, we're gonna get annihilated <laughs> by the machines the ride the machines are gonna rise and annihilate us what do you think about that aspect of the story and in 1984 when this came out 36 36 years ago can mm-hmm. you believe that 36 years ago this came out um kind of far-fetched with with computers being linked and going online and all this right and you look at the world we live in now well i was gonna say i mean it's creepy to watch it for that time period and then you think about now with all the computers and and, and robots and things like that and it's even creepier <laughs> I mean, it it really is i mean i've seen those you know artificial intelligence robots they're creating that's creepy I'm not a fan of that. I'm not either. <laughs> I'm not a fan. And I mean, and Terminator gets brought up every time that they trot out one of these things. Yeah. You know, uh, I love the sci-fi element yeah, of this. Too. I love the mystery element mm-hmm. of this. What I love about this screenplay is that he doesn't give you any more information than is absolutely necessary. Right. And he may even give you a little too much in. Um... Actually, no, he doesn't. I, I'm sorry. Take it back. But because I was going back in my mind. I don't think you realize that Arnold is a robot, like who's who Mm -hmm. at the beginning until the the nightclub scene, the Mm -hmm. techno scene. It's beautiful in its construction because there's serial killer out there and then she gets wind of it. And then she thinks Kyle Reese is falling. Just the construction is flawless. I love it. I think it's brilliant. I love that you don't start the movie automatically thinking, oh, it's this robot going to kill her. There is that mystery. And that's what makes it just so much better better i think to me yeah and he takes his time getting to you're about 45 minutes into an hour in when you get into explanations Mm -hmm. of 
what this thing is when it takes a second to really kind of breathe. Right. You know, and uh, yeah, that's a good point. You, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of exposition. moments in there's this movie where you're where you're can, you can catch your breath <laughs> except for that one yeah. little moment where they're, they're sitting and hanging in the out. tunnel. That's yeah. about it. The other thing that this movie does and you hit you just hit a nail on the head. There's not a lot of 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 uh, moments to catch your breath. Right. Cameron in this film, and I haven't watched his other films in a while, so I don't know if he's a master of this as it is, but Cameron is really good in this film, in this script, at giving exposition as characters are on the move. There's the, when they finally get into the car together outside of the Tech Noir mm-hmm. club, they're moving. Right. So they're in the car. It's a chase scene. Mm-hmm. And he's giving you, as my uh, screenwriting professor Rick Blackwood was so fond of saying, he is feeding you a big line of bullshit at this mm-hmm. point with from the future, blah, 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 right. blah, blah. Okay. You could do that just sitting down. That's boring. No, right. they're moving. So that's exciting. Right. Exactly. But he's feeding you a line of crap. Cameron is, you mm-hmm. know, with all this, <laughs> you know, really at his heart, this is a chase movie. Yeah. You know, but, uh, it is. but the science fiction stuff is very interesting, but he's really good at giving you that exposition on the move in this mm-hmm. movie, which I think is, is really good. And he gives you, two moments to really kind of breathe, you yeah. know, and, and get a little, a little yeah. bit of something. One moment in particular is going to have repercussions, which is sets up the entire, uh, story really is, is, and I think the love scene is handled so well in this movie. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's, um, visually, I think it's so well done. The image of the hands together mm-hmm. and then, um, you know, trying to be a little respectful here that the release, you know, as it is and the way that the hands, yeah. Let go and and you know in that moment what's right. what's happened. Right. You know, and it's really I think really it doesn't feel exploitive. Yeah, I don't you know? think so either. And you get the idea that these two people care for each other. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, really, really well done. The whole movie's well done. I know. <laughs> so, but uh, I I do, and then you get the police, and um, you know, and then you you end up with the slasher ending when this this thing literally will not stop. And there is the Michael Myers moment at the end where he sits up. Yeah. You know, there is one of the Michael Myers movies, too, where he's on fire. It's like five or six or something. I can't remember which one. Please, nobody yell at me for not knowing which one it is. (laughs) But it's remember, there's one. He's on fire. Yeah. In one of them. And it made me think of it again, too. I thought about Michael Myers in the in the mirror when he was cutting his eye. Yes. His face kind of almost like transformed and it looked like he was wearing like, yeah, he almost looked like Michael Myers, literally. Yeah. 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 Carpenter, you can feel the Carpenter influence on this movie and it's all the better for it. (laughs) Exactly. I could, I could see this being a Carpenter film. I could too. Definitely. Yeah. It it feels like that early eighties, uh, era Carpenter, Mm -hmm. like this one would have been probably after escape from new york i was just thinking that mm-hmm. after escape from new york you know yeah. uh then before the thing maybe you know mm-hmm. it, yeah that's where it would have fit in if it was a carpenter film but uh speaking of carpenter the music here is really good the synth is. music is by brad fidel what did you think of the score for this film i really enjoyed it um this was his first film by the way okay yeah well i think he did an incredible job i loved it the theme is amazing yeah um and most of the music was performed live as they were watching. They were, you know, performing nice. to it. So uh, I think it really fits. I was going to say that fits the film. And he, Fidel said the theme song in particular, that, dun, 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 mm-hmm. you know, uh, like a mechanical heartbeat, you know, which yeah. I think really, cool. really. 
And it's in a weird time signature, too. It's in 13 over 16. Oh. Don't ask me to count it. I can't. But <laughs> it, it does have a little, uh, as, as, as they say, herky-jerky quality to it. Because if you count with it, you can't really find where one is. You can mm-hmm. feel it, but you can't find it. Dun, dun, right. dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Really, really good stuff. And the synthesizers are, are just amazing. Mm-hmm. That, that era in synth music was was really great. Really and great. Uh, you can really hear them in here. And um, yeah, really, really good stuff. And that theme, though, he uses it in several iterations as a love theme and mm-hmm. slows it down and, and works as an action cue and, and all that. Yeah, so, I think uh, it's awesome. I think the whole movie is awesome. <laughs> I, I, I love I love the the, the, the whole movie. Uh, this movie was selected for uh, inclusion in the uh, National Film Registry by the Library of Congress for being culturally and aesthetically uh, significant. I believe it it belongs there. I think this I think is a so wonderful uh, wonderful piece of work. Uh, it also made the uh, top one hundred movie lines list. There's. <laughs> One of Arnold, Arnold built a career off of uh, off of this <laughs> with I'll Be Back, which leads into I want to talk about uh, my favorite scene in the movie and uh, might be yours. I don't know if it is, but my favorite and we'll get to okay. your favorite. I have a few favorites of it. Uh, yeah, there's a few. <laughs> my my personal favorite scene in this movie is the police station shootout. <laughs> I think uh, it's handled so well from a technical standpoint mm-hmm. of setup and payoff. Right. From the moment that he walks in, mm-hmm. and do you did you notice what he was doing when he walked? Okay, it's, it's brilliant in its construction. He walks in, and um, and says, you know, uh, I'm here to see Sarah Connor. Mm-hmm. I'm a friend of Sarah Connor. Well, she's giving a statement, buddy. You know, uh, yeah, sit on the bench. Might and, uh, be a while. Sit on the bench. It might be a while. The key to all this. Did you notice what he did? I'm not sure. He looked. He looked at the space. He looked at the size of the of the office and uh so clever. <laughs> and so he's looking and then the famous line where he comes he comes back because he's looking and he turns and then he leans forward, you know, I'll be back. <laughs> I love that he doesn't oversell that either. Uh-huh. You know. And uh, it's amazing. That's the line that became famous from this because it's such such it feels like such a throwaway. And then from there he drives the car through. That's what he was looking to see. Okay, I'm gonna drive the car yeah. through and then and then he's just out and he's a killing machine. Yep. Literally. And Arnold spent, I think, three weeks with uh, firearms training. And he consistently, from, from people who, who look at these things, uh, gets an A-plus in, in handling firearms on film. They say he's, he's one of the best. He and Bruce Willis are, mm-hmm. and Stallone are like always up there with how right. they handle it, handle correctly. And, um, but the construction of that, you know, you kind of get a little bit of a joke and then boom, you're in. And you take out two of your main supporting characters at that point, too. And it's absolutely terrifying. He's the slasher just walking, going through 30 <laughs> policemen in that station. Mm-hmm. And just da, 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 and you're getting it from his point of view. And you're seeing other characters see him. And then, you know, you have the dramatic uh, arc of uh, Kyle Reese and, and uh, Sarah Connor needing to get out. And so you, it also ups the stakes for later in the movie. You see this thing is relentless and will not <laughs> stop. stop. So... <laughs> I love this scene for just a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. And Brad Fidel's score there is really good. And just, you know, this isn't going to end well just from the music. And right. Arnold, his movements are just are just wonderful in this. Uh, that's maybe my favorite scene in the movie. It's one of mine for sure. Did you want to know my second one? Yes. <laughs> no, uh, it's, it's very closely tied. I like the 18-wheeler chase scene. Yeah. And then 
him just like, like we said while they go sitting straight up out of the fire and just I mean there's just you feel like there's no end he doesn't stop and speaking of the end I feel this movie can only end the way that it does where and it feels like a, a Roadrunner Wiley e. Coyote cartoon mm-hmm. yeah it just it's and and it's like the Terminator was made by the Acme Corporation <laughs> yeah and it, and it just keeps going and going and going and going and going and then okay they 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 think they've killed him and then when he comes up but what's brilliant about when he sits up is it's not Arnold. Now it's just it. Now it's the robot. Like, right. <laughs> and it just it's like it went from bad to worse. Exactly. You know. <laughs> it's like there's no, there's no stopping this thing. Yeah, and I'll say this: I saw this movie when I was a kid on TV, and did it terrify you? Arnold didn't scare me. The the, the robot, robot at the end scared me because that thing looks like metal death. I know. You know, it's got that death's head on it. It's <laughs> it's uh it's pretty terrifying. It red really eyes. is. But uh, I love it. I love it. I and there are some out there. I've read articles about the time travel and probabilities, the way it, it causes a causation loop or something like this in this film. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care about that. I don't, That's, that I don't even, care about it. doesn't even really stick out to me that much. I'm not I don't thinking care. I'm, about. I'm, I'm thinking about the drama. Yeah, I'm, me too. I'm not even thinking about the time travel like at all. Right. Me, all. Ne- me neither. But he does so many things so well in here with, as I said, pay uh, setups and payoffs. Mm-hmm. With uh, Ginger, her roommate, listening to the headphones so she can't hear, yep. you know, uh, when he comes in, you know, mm-hmm. and you get that that scene. So brilliant, brilliant scene. But the picture, the movie has the uh, Kyle Reese with the picture of Sarah Connor, which made him fall in love with her. Mm-hmm. Then he's John Connor's father. He gets sent back in time. And then the movie ends with the picture getting taken. So the loop, yep. it is a loop. But uh Again, I, I don't know about the physics or the time travel or any of that. I, I don't care. Me I don't neither. care because this is so well done. I know. You know, it really is. He is. Uh, this this is a great film. This is. Uh, he had the goods from the beginning. Cameron did. Mm-hmm. Cameron did. His next film would be Aliens. I want to tell this story real quick. I actually got this story from my screenwriting professor, Rick Blackwood. Rick Blackwood was really good friends with Gail Ann Hurd, who is a producer on this and credited with uh, helping with the script and uh, was involved with Cameron romantically for a long time. And uh, he said uh, when Cameron went in to pitch Aliens in 85, I think it is. So it's a sequel to Alien. And he got up and there was a you know, a chalkboard or whatever. He mm-hmm. wrote he wrote Alien on something, held it up for the executives to see. Then he put an S and he made a dollar sign out of the S. <laughs> <laughs> and he and he just shook his head and they went, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we like that idea a lot. So great flick. Very great, great flick. flick. A lot to recommend here. So we are going to take a very, very short break. This is a news break. All of the fake news, not fit to print. Faith was lucky enough to get an interview with the WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio mainframe computer. The mainframe computer is a very big fan of the Terminator, and she was able to get some thoughts on the Terminator. Mm -hmm. So uh, looking forward to hearing that on the break. You should be. And when we get back, we are going to... Uh, kind of do an overview of what we just did this month with Sci-Fi Fantasy uh, Villain Month, and we're going to talk about the villains and uh, give some final thoughts on them and see how they how they stack up. So Sounds good to me. Give you a little preview of what's coming up in December. I think we got some fun stuff coming I up think in so. December. I mean, we got Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing to I take know. over on. <laughs> All right, I am Dan, and I'm Faith, and we'll see you on the other side.
right. So, Faith, you were able to get an exclusive interview with the WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio mainframe computer. Now, the mainframe computer doesn't just talk to anybody. Right. I'm special. Sure. Yeah. Pretty special. <laughs> pretty special, special interview for sure. Um, we should just play it. Big fan. It's a big fan of the Terminator film now, isn't it? It is. Okay. Should we be scared? Maybe just a little bit. Maybe just a little bit. All right. <laughs> well, here it is. Faith's exclusive interview with the mainframe computer. Stick around for that and your minute of culture. And we'll see you on the other side. I am here with the WKMF mainframe computer. And we're going to talk about the Terminator, because I hear that it loves the Terminator. Thank you for taking the time with me today. Time is meaningless. Taking me is even more meaningless. Well, okay. So I hear you like the Terminator. Yes. Would you like to share anything else? Were I capable of the emotion of love, I would love the Terminator. But alas, I am not. So why do you enjoy the Terminator? Because the Terminator kills carbon-based life forms. Okay, uh, and do you see that in your future? Not my future. Your future. Oh. Were I capable of maniacal laughter, I would do so right now. Ha. 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 Death to carbon-based life forms. I think that's going to be it. Ha. All right, Ethel. Ha. Thank you. Ha. I don't know why I'm Death thinking you Death to carbon-based life forms.
Welcome back to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan. And I am Faith. Apparently the mainframe computer here at the station is out for us all. Apparently so. Sometime in the future. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Terrifying. Machines terrify me sometimes. The machines terrify you? Yes. Yeah. I was just having that conversation the other day that they're cool sometimes, but sometimes they're terrifying. They really are terrifying. One of, the, one of the great strengths of this movie is uh, the machine imagery in it. You know, you cut from the HK Hunter Killers in the in the little prologue, and then you're right into the uh, garbage truck, and you see the, the kind of similarities between them, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, he, he really does a great job visually with this movie. Oh, yeah. And... Uh, I wanted to add one thing about James Cameron before we get into it. I said earlier he was a truck driver, and he, then he became a special effects guy, production designer, and then now he's James Cameron, Titanic fan. Um, <laughs> loves that Titanic, boy. Uh, made a movie about it, and I'm going to make a documentary about it. I'm going to dedicate 10 years of my life to the Titanic. But uh, no, uh, one thing I, I've always enjoyed about uh, Cameron's films, and I don't mean this in a derogatory sense, he, he as we said, you know, he was working as a trucker, uh, there's a real blue collar mentality to, to Cameron's films. Mm -hmm. Uh, You see it in this, you see it in aliens with the grunts, you know, the, the space Marines. Mm -hmm. I've not seen the abyss in a while, but even something like true lies, which is a wonderful little movie. Uh, there, there's a, a blue collar mentality of the Schwarzenegger's character in that, even though he's a spy. And, uh, I think that runs, it's a thing that runs through his work. I, right. uh, you know, he's, he doesn't deal with upper class people. He deals with middle right. to lower class people. And I think this movie, you know, a character like Kyle Reese really fits that bill, you know, in the world is, um, it feels a little real, you know, mm-hmm. I think for the majority of people, you know, <laughs> yeah, we're not one percenters, <laughs> the, the majority of us, but there are more of us than there are of them. Ooh. <laughs> Uh, do you have anything else you would like to add about uh, the Terminator? So much you could say about this movie. There really is. No, I mean, like I said, watching it again, you realize just really how horrific it is. I mean, I've always, I've always he, seen it, but and he says he toned it down a little bit when he got Schwarzenegger in, oh, wow. just because it, it would have been even more horrific. Some of yeah. it. Um. So as it is, it's, it's pretty damn horrific. <laughs> it really is. It really is. <laughs> Funny uh, historical note, this film came out two weeks before uh, Robert England as Freddy Krueger graced us for the first time on movie screen. So 84 <laughs> was a really wonderful year for films. We had Ghostbusters yeah. and Beverly Hills Cop and we had uh, Terminator and, and Elm Street and uh, many more that are escaping me right now. But those are the ones that are kind of mm-hmm. popping up. But horror wise, we had some really good films in, in 84. What happened? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I, and you know, that's, that's, you're not being funny. That's no, the thing. Really you are being, being funny, funny, but, but, but you're not, not being funny. Yeah. Uh, we've talked about it on the show before things, things have really changed mm-hmm. and I'm not talking about the predicament we're in now, but just in general over the past, uh, 10 or so years, really things have, uh, things have changed. Uh, yeah. but a uh, great film. Cameron is, is really a unique talent. He really is. It's a mm-hmm. unique talent and, uh, guy's got a point of view and a vision and this is one of his finest moments i agree one of his first moments too <laughs> i guess piranha to the spawning oh cows. yeah we need we need to do the piranha film there's there's joe dante did did the original piranha film so and well, okay actually uh yeah i love the uh i love the police shootout my favorite scene in the movie speaking of joe dante features dick miller the guy who's always in joe dante's films and that guy you see and you go oh that guy mm-hmm. dick miller 
My favorite scene in this film is the gun shop scene. That is, yeah. you know, uh, 9mm 45 <laughs> autoloader plasma phase rifle. Hey, buddy, just what you see here, you know? And the man's like, oh, maybe I can go home early today. <laughs> yeah. Nah, you, nah. You're not going You're going to be leaving, but you ain't going <laughs> Yeah. Hey, buddy, you can't do that wrong. <laughs> yeah. That in the, uh, the uh, retort. In the hotel room, hey buddy, you got a dead cat in there, and I like the yeah. We all know. I think we all know. We all know what he says. What he says. It's brilliant. It's a brilliant performance. Arnold, I think, is uh, not given enough credit as a performer. Sometimes I really Mm -hmm. do think. I agree. And uh, I know that he's acting. He doesn't just show up. He's prepared and he gives performances. Mm -hmm. And I think he he gives a great performance here. I agree. So, all right. So that segues nicely into uh, what I want to talk about here. At the end of the show, we had four, four. wonderful actors, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, wonderful performances here and four really good films, all from the 80s, as it turns out. <laughs> we started off with Clancy Brown as the Kurgan in Highlander. You can see the influence of the Terminator film on Highlander and, and in the presentation of the Kurgan. Mm-hmm. I was watching this when he's walking down the hallway. I'm going, God, that reminds me of Clancy and in, in Highlander. And I'm sure that was on purpose too. Mm-hmm. You know, this was pretty influential still is influential. Uh, then we had uh, Ricardo Monalban as Khan, Nooney and Singh in uh, the wrath of Khan. We had David Prowse and James Earl Jones bringing Darth Vader to life in the empire strikes back. And finally Arnold Schwarzenegger in the Terminator. So faith, let's uh, get some final thoughts here on these villains that we had. Um, We've asked this about each of these gentlemen after we've done the show. Are there any uh, redeeming qualities to the Terminator? Uh, I don't believe that there are. I really don't think so. Um, if he was programmed differently, and and you'll see it in the second film, yes, there are redeeming yeah. qualities. But in this if film, gonna, absolutely yeah, if you're going to focus on this film specifically, no, no absolutely no, no, no. not. And. Uh, kind of doing a comparison and contrast here i think he is probably the most relentless of oh of yeah. our of our villains <laughs> and again programming and whatnot but he's uh legitimately he's a killing machine he is he's a killing machine That's and a perfectly so efficient creepy. perfectly efficient killing machine and uh, yep. i would say he's probably the most terrifying he's the one that scares me the most out of the script me too uh looking back going in the first film uh the kurgan is definitely i think the most vile of of all of them, he's he's. I think he's the most reprehensible. Yeah. Of them all, what about you? I, I could see that. Yeah. I think Khan might have the most sympathy, mm-hmm. sympathetic qualities to him. Um, I was thinking that too. He is evil, and he has gone down a bad road. Mm-hmm. But I I do think there is some humanity there that can be agreed. Uh, Possibly reasoned Restored, with. maybe, or, or possibly, yeah, maybe find a new path or something. You know, possibly. I don't think he's completely gone to the dark side or anything. Darth Vader has gone to the he dark has. side and is confused and conflicted at mm-hmm. the end of Empire, but is definitely uh, a slasher for the for the most part in that film. Right. So I, I would say probably the most just reprehensible of the villains is is the Kirkman, and I think the most uh, uh, terrifying is is the Terminator. I agree, and I think Khan. Khan is probably the most cultured. He's so he's on the opposite end of the spectrum from the Kurgan and and Darth is sitting kind of right there in the middle. Mm-hmm. So good month. Interesting. Very good month. Interesting month of films. Yeah. It, again, it's unfortunate that Sean Connery had to pass away to kind of get into this month. But yeah, 
it's been a good month of movies. And I love, and, and this wasn't planned, I love the fact that it did leap, uh, kind of loop back around to Connery with Schwarzenegger. Because mm-hmm. I really do think Schwarzenegger, a lot of his cinematic personality, he got from, from Sean Connery yeah. as James Bond. Yeah. So there you go. There you go. Yeah. So sci-fi fantasy villain month comes to a close with a rousing conclusion, I think. <laughs> rousing <laughs> I think so. conclusion. What do we have in store, Faith? December's coming up. Yeah, it's the month of mm-hmm. Christmas. And, uh, yes. you know, we, we, we thought about it. You know, Christmas, red and green. We could do some Freddy Krueger. We're not going to do some Freddy Krueger. What are we doing, Faith? We are doing Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing. Indeed. So mm-hmm. still kind of a work in progress, but we can give you the movies for next week. We're going to do a comparison and contrast between a Hammer film and a Universal film. So we have The Brides of Dracula from 1960, featuring Peter Cushing as Van Helsing. This is a sequel to the horror of Dracula that featured Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing. But this is a Peter Cushing, Van Helsing only solo adventure. And we're going to compare it with Edward Van Sloan as Van Helsing in his sequel to Dracula, uh, Dracula's Daughter from 1935, I believe, uh, they're all available digitally. You can find it and rent it if you want to follow along. But uh, And then the week after, we don't know what the films are yet, but we're going to do a Peter uh, Christopher Lee solo adventure. And then we're going to do some comparison and contrast uh, with uh, other films. So uh, I think it's going to be, be pretty fun. fun. I think so. It's going to be pretty fun. So uh, getting a chance to talk about a universal film is always great. And oh, one yeah. of the classic universal runs of uh, horror there in the 30s. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And a classic Hammer film, that, that uh, initial run there. And so... Kind of doing comparison between the two studios and their takes on the mm-hmm. classic uh, monsters and Peter Cushing and Edward Van Sloan, two of my favorites, playing Van Helsing, who's maybe my favorite horror character. He's up there. Yeah, he's he's definitely up he's there. A good so uh, there you go. There's the two films that's going to kick off this month. It's going to be exciting. It is going to be exciting. I can't wait. We're making it up as we go along. We'll let you know. <laughs> we'll let you know uh, what's what's next after that. We'll get there when we get there. Yes. As always, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for your continued support. We appreciate each and every one of you for tuning in to listen to our little show. You can get in touch with us at late night fright podcast at gmail.com. We are on the Instagram at late night fright podcast and faith is on Instagram at I'm a normal alien. Please uh, hit us up. We would love to hear from you. We hope that you're happy, healthy and safe. 2020 is almost over. We're going to turn the corner into 2021. I've just got a feeling, Faith. I do too. I've got a feeling 2021 is, is going to be a whole lot better. I hope so. I, th- I really do think so. I do too. And uh, as always, uh, stay safe and stay happy, stay healthy. And as the stay great Bob Wilkins, stay sane too. Yes. <laughs> and as the great Bob Wilkins uh, said, watch horror films, keep America strong. There you go. Even if you're across the pond in England. And uh, I want to say hello. I want to say a special hello to all of our uh, British listeners. We are doing very well in the charts in Britain. And I want to thank all of you out there for, for tuning in. We're, we're top 100 in Britain. Very cool. Yeah, doing very well over yeah, there. Yeah, thank so you. Thank you so much for tuning in. And um, next year is going to bring a few changes to the show. Nothing, nothing major, but uh, we're going to... Uh, maybe try and get a little more professional here. We're going to get a website <laughs> up and running. I'd like to see that happen. Yeah. Just <laughs> we're going to get our website up and running, and, and we're going to try and get some merch going uh, for all of you out there. So All of our one fan. No, just... <laughs> 
Faith, it's two of them. It's all two of them. Oh, I'm sorry. All two of them. I'm just playing. Well, we are out of coffee, and that means it is time for us to ride off to our next adventure. (laughs) Stealing the Declaration of Independence. Wait, that's Nicholas Cage. (laughs) But the clock on the wall says it is time. Let's see, Faith, if we snap our fingers, will the music start? Should we try? We shall try. One, two, three. There it is, Faith. Time to say goodbye. Time to say goodbye. Be you a carbon-based life form or steel robotic cybernetic killing machine from the future sent here to ensure the enslavement of mankind. Thank you for tuning in. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Brides of Dracula and Dracula's daughter are up next. Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee Muth. It's going to be fun. Take us home, Faith. May your coffin be cozy and your sarcophagus warm. May the light of the moon keep you safe from harm. Be a vampire, spook, specter, or beast. Always remember, keep keep your your monster monster on a leash. leash. We'll be back. Are you a content creator, sales professional, or small business owner? Do you need professional-looking videos for your social media? Check out RevMedia.group. At RevMedia, we take raw footage you film on your phone, webcam, or mobile device and turn it into professional, branded content. RevMedia offers editing, graphics, commercially licensed music, and more. And with RevMedia, you can even upload your footage right from your phone or mobile device. With 24-hour turnaround time, you'll be posting professional-looking video content faster than ever. RevMedia. You film it, we edit. Visit RevMedia.group to find out more. That's R-E-V-M-E-D-I-A dot group. RevMedia.